0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message.
1: First Timothy, beginning at verse number one, where Paul says, I exhort you, therefore, that Uh, First of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who Gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Remain standing for prayer and then you may be seated. Lord, thank you again tonight for the privilege and opportunity to speak about what we consider to be one of the most important commands in the Bible. The Bible says we're to love you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. That's important. To love our neighbors, ourselves. That's important. But as we consider tonight the Great Commission and what you have given to each of us who claim to know Jesus Christ as our Savior, may it be elevated in our minds as it is in your mind and heart. Lord, we just pray that we'll be receptive. Pray that we'll be good listeners. But Lord, not just listeners of the Word, but doers of it as well. Bless, I pray, every godly decision that is made tonight and minister to our needs. You know the needs of this night. Fill me with your spirit and help me to be an effective communicator, not of my abilities, but of the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name and for your sake. Amen. Thank you for standing and you may be seated. Again, I say in just a few days we'll begin to uh, uh, think in terms of what uh, we're considering the missions a conference, stewardship conference that is coming to North Valley Baptist Church. Why are we doing that? What is the reason for a missions conference? It's not just something where staff, pastor and staff just sit down and say, you know, we need to fill up the the calendar, so let's put in there and insert there a missions conference, a stewardship conference. That would be a good thing to do. No, that's not the reason that it's there. The reason that we have every year, you have a yearly opportunity to consider these things is basically for this reason, to keep the main thing, the main thing. To keep the main thing, the main thing. It's to, to refocus, to punch that, that focus button and, and to remind us of what this facility is all about, what these properties are all about. There's not, not a greater reason than what was given by o, uh, Oswald J. Smith, not a relative of mine, but brother in Christ, he's now in heaven, pastored a great church up in Toronto, Canada back in the 40s and the 50s. And during that time, that church before Uh, what we would consider inflation since that time, they gave over a million dollars every single year to world evangelism that the gospel of Jesus Christ might go forward. And I'm told that during the ministry of Oswald J. Smith, that he either had a banner up in his church or regularly would say this to his people so that they would not mistake. And when he said to them, missions is the mission of the church. Missions is the mission of the church of the church. Could I say to us tonight that there are many ministries in every church? Many ministries. North Valley Baptist Church has many ministries. You could go down and, and uh, liter- reiterate all of the various ministries that this church has. But may I say to each of us this evening, there's only one mission. And that is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Could I remind us tonight that it's has come upcoming in just a few days is what we could consider the most important business meeting of the entirety of the year of this church. And you are uh, going to be a part of that because every one of you will have uh, just a, a ballot, a vote of what you're going to do in the in the area of the outcome of the fate of the heathen. What is going to be the outcome of the fate of the heathen? You will decide that in the next couple days because everything that we decide to do as far as Fulfilling the Great Commission will be encapsulated in what we do actively, not just thinking about it, but doing something about it. Not just to capture a city. It is to capture the city. Thank God for many of you that are responding to the invitation and challenge given a few weeks ago to go out a, a track every single day. And, and God bless you, and may God increase that what we are doing to reach and capture not only Santa Clara and San Jose and the surrounding areas, May God help us to not only capture this area, but to go to the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus said both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and then to the uttermost part of the earth. Eight billion people tonight, almost eight billion people are breathing air on this planet. And the truth is there's about 3.2, 3.4, somewhere in that neighborhood, 3.4 billion people that have never read one word of your Bible. Our Bibles tonight, we wave them tonight, and thank God we have a Bible. But I'm here to say tonight there's half of, almost half of a world that has never seen one word of this Bible. They've never heard the name Jesus. They've never had a plan, a plan of salvation that has been presented to them. Oswald J. Smith used to say it this way as well. He said, why should anybody hear the Gospel twice when there are those that have never heard it one time? That's what we need to be hearing during these days as to what Jesus has commanded us to do. I've asked you to turn in your Bibles tonight to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Again, uh, we ought to believe as Baptists that if it's in the Bible, I believe it. And I want to deal tonight in these moments together of six doctrines. Doctrine is something that we believe. I believe something because it's in the Bible. That's the authority tonight. I obey it. I believe it. Tonight, because God said it, it's in His Word, and that settles it. And when we're thinking in terms of missions conference and stewardship, these kinds of things, I think it would be a good idea tonight to begin our thoughts this evening and say, what does the Bible say about world evangelism? What does the Bible teach us as to what we're to believe and what we're to obey? And I want you to look tonight at six different doctrines, these moments together. We'll go quickly, but I want you to notice verse number four. We're going to begin with verse number four, and I'll give you the first doctrine there, where the Bible says, who, the preceding verse says, uh, God our Savior, uh, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We say tonight that that is the universal plan of salvation. I believe in a universal plan plan of salvation there are not many plans of salvation there's one plan of salvation and it's a universal plan for the Bible says and if you've studied the Greek you'll know that this is to be true that word all is a very important word in the Greek you say what does it mean it means all it means everybody Bless the hearts of our dear friends around the nation and maybe around the world that are picking up a crazy doctrine that says God loves some people, but he doesn't love others. He wants some to go to heaven, but he doesn't want others to go to heaven. He would consign them to an eternal devil's hell. My Bible does not say that. It's very plain. I'm not very smart, but I can understand verse number four that says God will have all men to be saved. The Bible says in John 3:16, you know it well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. doesn't matter whether your skin is black Tonight doesn't matter if your skin is white, doesn't matter if your skin is brown, doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, what country you live in, whether it's a large nation or small nation, God says he loves the entirety of the world of every single generation and desires that all men would be saved. You say, Dave, is there gonna be a time and place where all men are gonna be saved? No, but it's a gift and it's something again that some people need to be told and I think everybody deserves to be told the plan of salvation one time, do you not? Before they leave planet Earth, they ought to be able to say at least one time, my neighbor, my my co-worker, my friend, my family member told me about how I could receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Everybody ought to hear that. Read the remainder of that verse, and it says, and come to a knowledge of the truth. Whether they receive it or reject it, they ought to hear because there's one universal plan of salvation. Why is that? Because every man, the Bible teaches, is born dead in sins and trespasses and is lost before a holy God. And he must be exposed to the gospel, not willing that any should perish. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance or go and die and be a, uh, live in eternal burning hell, the Bible says. What, what an alternative. They ought to hear... They ought to hear the universal plan of salvation. So tonight I would say to you, and I hope you would join in with me tonight in saying, I believe in regards to world evangelism that there is a universal plan of salvation. Number two, you find that in verse number uh, number, uh, uh, five, here we go, verse number five. And the Bible says there, there's an unscriptural philosophy of pluralism. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. One God, one one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. There's a deadly and ungodly philosophy that is seeping now into America that has been around the world. In fact, uh, Brother Nikolai, you and I knocked on a door just a few days ago, and that woman said from India, she said, "I, I, I respect, I'm Hindu, but I respect all religions That's the ungodly philosophy of pluralism. Uh, It it is not biblical. Uh, There are not many ways to heaven. There is one way to heaven. Uh, If there were many ways to heaven, we don't need to have a missions conference this coming week. But because of the singularity of what is being said here, and that is that there is an unscriptural philosophy of pluralism, we are dealing with a battle that is dealing with the fact that there is one salvation, one plan of salvation, and there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus said it this way, I am the way, not a way, <coughs> I am the life, not a life, I am the tr- way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's exclusive. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name give, uh, under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There's just, uh, there's just not a, another way to, to read the Word of God and say, whether well, there's just many ways to heaven. No, there are not many ways. There's one way to heaven. There's one God for all persons. And God does not go by the name of Buddha or Zen or Muhammad or thousands of Hindu idols or yoga. He goes by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I stand before you tonight. As an individual who says, when it comes to world evangelism, I believe that there is, number one, one universal plan of salvation. I believe that there is an unscriptural philosophy of this pluralism that says, just be sincere. and As long as you're sincere, you'll be okay. No, the Bible says there's one way to heaven, and He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thirdly, I want you to notice verse number six, that there's an ultimate price for man's man's salvation that has been paid in full, verse number seven, uh, verse number six says, "Who, Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, the previous verse, who gave himself a ransom for all, to be testified in due time." The Bible says here that he, the ultimate price of our salvation, has been been paid. Uh, you and I work by uh, with people. We live next to people who uh, have this philosophy that says, "Well, I'm just doing the best I can." Uh, You all have people that uh, you're going to rub shoulders with every single day that believe that kind of thing. Just a good outweighs the bad, and... And I'm thinking tonight of of Mexico, where they walk on their knees to the Virgin Guadalupe, another representation of the Virgin Mary, and their knees bloodied, and there's all the sincerity of the world. You say, why are they doing that, to just go up and touch that virgin uh, 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 idol that is there? They're doing it because they believe sincerely in their heart that somehow God will accept them and receive them because uh, they have done whatever they're doing. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. For by grace are you saved, through faith, and not of yourselves, and not of works, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Know the ultimate price of our sin has been paid in full by the Lord Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sin? Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Uh, sin had left its crimson stain. He washed me white as snow. First uh, John chapter 2 and verse number 2 says, Jesus was the propitiation for our sins. But listen to the remainder of that verse. But not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Jesus paid the price. It has already been paid. And I stand here before you tonight and I hope you would echo a good amen to the fact that you not only believe in a universal plan of salvation... You only reject the uh, ungodly philosophy of pluralism, but realize tonight the ultimate price of our sin and salvation has been paid in full by the Lord Jesus Christ. I cannot explain it fully, but I believe the Bible is clear and plain that when Jesus died on that cross and when He shed His blood, whatever happened and transpired in those darkened hours that He hung upon that cross And said my God my God why hast thou forsaken me and when he cried out it is finished the price of our salvation was paid in full there's nothing you can add to it or take away from it it has been paid I want you to notice number four however the fourth doctrine that I believe is also found in that same verse verse number six who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time I want you to look at that for just a moment Because for billions, I just said 8 billion people are living on this planet. 3.2, 3.4, somewhere in there have never heard and seen a word of this scripture. And we're going into a missions conference and a stewardships conference and we're going to be having missionaries here and we're considering not only our mission uh, right here, uh, the Great Commission to be carried out right here in this locality, but beyond these borders. And we're thinking terms tonight of what People have never heard that gospel. Billions. We used to sing that chorus, untold millions are still untold. Untold millions are outside the fold. Who will tell them of Jesus' love and, un- and how does the rest of that go? And of untold, uh, uh, that's why I have you sitting here to help me when I forget those. Are- but that's the idea. And it's not untold bil- millions, it's untold billions. And that's a lot of people. Untold billions need to be told the gospel. I'm thinking of a time just a couple years ago that we were in Nepal, Kathmandu. I remember of all the the Hinduism that was going on there, Jonathan, in Nepal. And and I remember uh, seeing a a young man in his 30s, 40s maybe, laid out dead, had just died of something. And uh, all the family, the widow was there weeping and that sort of thing. They laid him on basically straw. And uh, then they set that body afire. And I saw the the ashes of that man being swept into a tributary of the Ganges River with the hopes that those ashes touching that uh, uh, just uh, uh, polluted tributary would wash away and give acceptance to to the gods that he might have some kind of sublime eternity uh, after his death. Uh, That doesn't work. Jonathan, if you just stand for a minute, Jonathan is from Kanakarta, Is that correct? Canada, I guess. Uh, okay, uh, uh, Southern India, way down at the tip. And uh, I was there training nationals. And I was I was down there training nationals. We went at the end of that training session from Mangalore, which is just a little ways from your city, Mangalore, for six hours. I can't tell you the highway. I can't tell you the city we went to but it was comparable from driving from San Francisco in this area all the way down to Los Angeles. And as Jeremiah said, uh, my eyes affect my heart. And here's what happened when I, when I was in his country. We drove for six hours. And I'm here to tell you that for six hours there was nothing but Hindu and Muslim uh, religions and, and churches or whatever they call, would call themselves. Six. I'm not talking about maybe some Assembly of Gods and maybe some Presbyterians and maybe some Catholics and maybe some uh, other scatterings of, of other churches other than Hindu. No, they were totally all Hindu or or uh, Hindu or uh, uh, Muslim, and not one single church, not one single pastor. That's the country that he represents. Thank you, Jonathan. You may have seen it. In. That's the country. That kind of thing needs to grip our hearts during a missions conference. Who will who will go? Who will tell them of Jesus' love and of untold millions that are waiting to be told? Who's going to tell them? And I want you to consider the fact that there are many places, just like that in India and other places. One point three billion people in India, twenty two hundred different languages people groups in that country. And somebody needs to go and tell them. They need to be reached. Many of them have never seen a Bible. Many of them have never heard the name Jesus Christ. That's not just like America where you can hear on the radio or you can hear on a TV or you can hear someplace else. We need to be riveted. I'm riveted. I never will forget that. Not one other church or not one preacher is out there to tell them. They must be told in due time. I'm thinking tonight. I'm thinking tonight of a, 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 a true story that was broadcast on CNN, CBS, NBC, all the rest of them. And there was a tribe down in, in, uh, in Brazil along the Amazon River, that uh, were much like the Aka Indians back in the 1950s where five missionaries were were killed and martyred trying to reach the Akka Indians for the gospel, Jim Elliott and others of his, his group. And before they intended to get to this unreached people group, but before they got to them, drug wars, drug lords came in and wiped out every single one of them. Now look at that verse again, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. That has application to your relatives that are unsaved, your spouse, some of your kids. Due time. They need to hear before it's eternally too late. There's no middle house. There's either heaven or hell. Eternity forever with the Lord or apart and separated from Him forever in due time. But think in terms of India. Think in terms of places around our world for which we ought to be concerned. The Bible says they need to be testified in due time. So I'm here tonight to say I believe not only in the universal plan of salvation, I not only believe in the doctrine that there's an unscriptural philosophy of pluralism, I'm here tonight to tell you that the ultimate price has been paid by the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for that. Uh, But I also believe tonight those untold people need to be told in due time. Unconditional. Uh, uh, responsibility is found in that next verse. Look at the, the Bible with me. In verse number seven, whereunto I am ordained a preacher and apostle. Listen, these are the words of the Apostle Paul. The truth in Jesus Christ and lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles. Another word for the word Gentiles, they're heathen. A heathen is a person without Christ. A person that's lost. And look at that verse again. Whereunto, Paul says, I am ordained. There are many men like myself, Pastor Treber, others that have gone through an exercise of ordination. Ordination, where a group of elders or a group of men have placed their hands on us, and and we gave a testimony and said, I believe that God has called me to the gospel ministry. Many of you have gone through that experience and, and, and were ordained in the gospel ministry. Paul says, whereunto, I am ordained. That is a word that means I am ordered. I am ordered. And then he explains what? A preacher, karux, a proclaimer. A proclaimer to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he says, not only that, an apostle. We know that there are not apostles today. But literally that word apostle means a sent one. As the Father sent me, Jesus said, John 20, 21. as, As the Father sent me, so send I you. And then he says, I'm a teacher. In that same verse, a teacher of the Gentiles, of faith and verity. May I share tonight the fact that there is an unconditional personal responsibility that each of us tonight who claim to know and profess to know Jesus Christ as our personal savior, not just the hired guns of the pastor or staff, every single one of us have a personal responsibility because God's plan tonight is not a gospel blimp. It's not some balloons with with tracks in it. God's plan tonight is to use people like you and people like me because every person that has Christ is a missionary, and every person without Christ is a mission field. Whether you're in America, or whether you're across the seas in another country, it matters not. Our job is the personal responsibility of every one of us. I am ordained a preacher to proclaim the gospel, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's why every single one of us ought to be compelled to have these tracks and do exactly what we were challenged to do, and more, and more. Uh, thank God as I uh, sat there in the, in, in the meetings on Saturday morning, there's good crowds back up in the, up in the college chapel of, of young people, college students there. Good crowd down the, in the bottom floor. But I know that there are many more that could join us because we have not quite understanding yet that we've been ordained a preacher We've been ordained a sent one. We've been ordained a teacher of the Gentiles to go out and saturate the area that God has given us influence over. I believe that God has called every one of us. That's a doctrine. That's an ordination that every one of us need to respond to. Lastly, may I say, and I've left these verses lastly uh, on purpose, verses 1, 2, and 3, because there's a sixth doctrine I don't want you to miss tonight. And watch it closely. Paul says to his uh, son mentoring in the gospel, he said, I exhort therefore that, what's that next word, church? First. First of all. That sounds like priority to me. Does that sound like a priority to you? But seek ye first the kingdom. That's a priority. So here he says in verse number 1, before he gets to all these other five doctrines, the universal plan of salvation, I believe in that, that there's one universal plan of salvation for all the world, not many, one. There's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, not many gods. I believe tonight that there is an ultimate price that has been paid by Jesus. Nothing else needs to be done to provide for man's salvation, just simply to receive that gift, repenting of their sin and putting their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I believe that. That's important. I believe in the unconditional personal responsibility of every single Christian giving out the gospel and fulfilling the Great Commission. I also believe that they need to be told in due time, and I also believe. Those things are are doctrine and very plain that I ought to be obeying and you ought to be obeying. But look at verses 1, 2, and 3 again. I I, I exhort, therefore, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. What is the subject there? Praying. Pray. We just sang a song a few minutes ago. Uh, I've learned to pray. And we all pray here, we all believe in prayer. Uh, we'd know that God answers prayer. But the context here is not just praying for your ingrown toenail, uh, not praying for, for Uncle Charlie or whatever. The context here is world evangelism. Isn't that interesting? Because the context here is I exhort, therefore, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. All men. Now, you don't know every man by name, and I don't either. Every person, there's like eight, eight billion people living on this planet. But consider one thing. The Bible says we ought to be praying for all men. For what? All men to be saved. All men to come to a knowledge of the truth. We ought to be praying uh, for kings, in verse number two, for all that are in authority. Why? I believe in praying for our president. I believe in praying for the position of vice president. I may not agree with all of them, but I believe the position is given and ordained of God. They're in authority by God, allowing them to be where they are. I believe we ought to pray for congressmen and, and so on, right down the line, judges and just justices and, and, and all those in authority. I believe in that, but what's the context here? The context not is just for uh, just to have Republicans or Democrats or whatever uh, political persuasion you might be, the, the context is world evangelism. You see there are people that are around the world that may not have as much liberty as we have in America. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number one, I believe it is, that uh, the Bible says, the, the heart of uh, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and as the rivers of water he turneth it whithersoever he desires. He can turn. God is sovereign, and he can turn a king's mind. He can turn a, a, a government's authority, and the context here is that all men might look at it here in the Bible, that all men might live a quiet, peaceable life God in all godliness and honesty. How many of you know tonight that there are many countries where the gospel of Jesus Christ is not freely given out? That missionaries are are fleeing for their lives, fearing for their lives if you will. There are missionaries that are uh, giving uh, out the gospel in places where their lives have been given even this past week for which many of us have forgotten in Afghanistan simply because they are not holding up the the message of, of, of Islam. And they're Christians and they're giving their lives martyrs because of the cause of Jesus Christ. And God says, pray for those people, pray for their kings, pray for those in authority that they might live a quiet and a peaceable life in godliness and honesty. Pray for them. By the way, we ought to be praying for missionaries. I've learned to pray, we just sang, but we ought to pray for missionaries. I think I counted up 136, preacher. 136 missionaries and missionary organizations that North Valley Baptist Church supports. Now let me be honest with you. There are 136 missionaries and and organizations that you are responsible that have been sent out by North Valley Baptist Church. And as preacher said uh, the, as preacher said tonight as he came up to pray, he's he mentioned William Carey who was told that when he went to India He said, there's a gold mine down there. He said, I'll go down in the mine if you'll hold the ropes. What was he saying? He was saying that he wanted, depending upon those people that were sending him from England to India, to hold the ropes. Oh, by the way, that when he went there, he was there only less than five years and his first son, less than five years of age, perished because of a disease that he got in India. And how do you think uh, William Carey and his wife were taking that as they gave their lives to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and went down in the pit of India and gave their own first little boy, son, his life because of their commitment to carry out the Great Commission. Oh, by the way, uh, many years before he saw his first conversion. And then his wife had a mental breakdown because of the stress on the field. William Carey. And I'm told in reading about William Carey spent the remainder of William Carey's ministry up in a second floor of the house, never coming out. That's where she spent the rest of the time. time. How do you think William Carey was uh, 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 affected by that losing a son and, and no conversions immediately and fruit for his ministry and, and uh, then his wife breaking down with a mental breakdown, never to be at his side as a helpmeet. I think somehow, folks, they were looking, he was looking back to England and saying, where's the who's holding the rope who's holding the rope who's praying for us that we will be sustained on the field 136 missionaries and organizations you are supposed to be holding the ropes you are responsible to pray and uphold them and i would be not surprised if i asked tonight with heads bowed and you were honest in church how many of you have mentioned the name of one missionary And prayed for one missionary and interceded for one missionary that you support of 136. Not of the other 30,000 missionaries that may be representing independent fundamental Baptist missionaries out there in the field. But how many of the 136 that are depending on us who knows what they're going through. But I read the Bible enough to hear Paul say we are helped by your prayers. Brethren pray for us. And I say tonight we ought to be convicted and convinced tonight about the matter of a universal plan of salvation, yes. And we ought to be convinced tonight that there are not many plans of salvation, just one, and one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. We ought to be convinced tonight that the ransom has been paid, yes, and amen to that. And we ought to heighten the fact that uh, in that uh, ransom being paid that men need to be told, and we're responsible for that. And we ought to be responding in obedience of giving out the gospel individually and collectively as a local church. But beyond that, I'm saying this evening, realizing that men are God's responsibility, we ought to be praying. We ought to be praying. And I hope tonight we'll be convicted and convinced to do what we ought to be doing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Praying the priority, I exhort you. That's the word, the same word that you see in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God. We're talking about our prayer life. Praying for missionaries, praying for, the, for, for world evangelism. Let's let, We talk about prayer, we believe in prayer, we believe in answer to prayer, but I'm challenging you tonight, not just praying for your family, praying for our missionaries. Praying for missions, praying for world evangelism. I beg you, Paul's saying to Timothy, I beg you, I exhort you. First of all, make it a priority. And then he's saying uh, 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 the panorama, all men in in these areas. I would say tonight, just by way of closing, this illustration. And that was David Livingston, who who was working the frontier of Africa many years ago. And he had just led an African chief to the Lord Jesus Christ. And after he had led him to Christ, the chief looked at David Livingston and said, What about my forefathers? What about my forefathers who all passed and died in darkness, never hearing about a God that loves us? They didn't hear about the Lord Jesus Christ that could be the Savior of all men. Where did they go, and why weren't they told? And David Livingston, I'm told, had no answer for that chieftain. Though David Livingston himself had walked over 1,500 miles just walking through the frontiers of the, uh, of the interior of Africa. And though he had encountered malaria three different times almost to take his life, though he was virtually a bag of bones from malnutrition and not being able to have a, a normal meal of just getting the gospel to the African people of his generation, though he had lost the sight of one eye from a branch in one of his travels that had gotten and taken out the sight of his eye, though he had done all that, I wonder why and what could be the answer as to why a generation had never heard about Jesus Christ. Could I suggest tonight that maybe it was the fact that that generation did not realize that there is a universal plan of salvation? Maybe it was not the reality and application that there are not many ways to heaven. Maybe the doctrine, maybe the doctrine of the price that had been paid had been forgotten. Maybe the fact that others have to be told maybe had been pushed aside. Maybe that personal responsibility had been neglected. I don't know what it was. But I know what it can be tonight. And my prayer is that at North Valley Baptist Church we might say amen to all six doctrines including first of all, that prayers and supplications and uh, uh, intercessions and thanksgivings may be made on behalf of all men for the salvation of souls and for the reaching of not only this community, but the world.
0: Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve him this week.